Hey everybody and welcome to Breaking Biotech. Thanks for being with me here today. My name is Matt and if you like the show you can help out by clicking the like or subscribe button. You can also donate using the Patreon link in the description below. So I'm glad to be back and I've got a great show for everybody today. I am pleased to welcome Sean McLean, founder and CEO of Absci. Sean, how are you doing today? Great, Matt. How are you doing? Thanks so much for having me on the show today. Yeah, I'm doing well. Um, and yeah, I appreciate you coming on. The uh, synthetic biology space is really getting interesting, and I thought it would be awesome to have somebody who's who's really in the thick of it to tell us a little bit about the exciting things going on at, uh, at Absci. And I think what might first be interesting is if you could give us some background on the company. I know you're the founders. So if you could give us some background on how the idea of the company kind of came about and maybe the goals, that'd be great. Yeah, so I'll start off with our mission and vision. Our, our mission is to change the world one protein at a time with the vision of becoming the Google index search of protein-based drug discovery and biomanufacturing. And, and so what does this actually do? It allows us to get the absolute best drugs to patients at truly unprecedented speeds. We're a mission-driven organization that's looking to change the paradigm of drug discovery and biomanufacturing. Mm -hmm. And if we rewind the clock 10 years to where Absi began, it, it began at the University of Arizona. I was studying molecular biology and biochemistry and got really obsessed with synthetic biology and how we could be using synthetic biology to change how we do drug discovery and, and biomanufacturing. And, and if you looked at the, the history of, of biotech, it began with Genentech and Genentech's first product was insulin. And the way they made insulin was in E. coli. And then as you know, the industry shifted to monoclonal antibodies and Genentech tried to produce a monoclonal antibody in E. coli and it just wasn't capable of, of producing it. So they switched to mammalian or CHO cells, but by making that transition from E. coli to mammalian cells, development times dramatically increased as well as the costs. And, and that's where I was like, if we could figure out a way to engineer E. coli to be more mammalian-like, that'd be a huge game changer in, in getting you know, drugs you know, to, to patients quicker and, and lowering the, the overall cost. And so I ended up uh, coming up with this crazy idea, graduated a year early from, from school and moved back in uh, to, to, to my parents' uh, to, to get the company started. And mm -hmm. bless her heart, my fiance at the time moved in with my parents and all of her paycheck was going in to, to support, you know, lab rent, lab supplies and spent 18 months doing the, the proof of concept showing that we could actually engineer E. coli to produce a monoclonal antibody, which had never been done before. Mm -hmm. And that was really that initial breakthrough. And, mm -hmm. and that's really just the seed of what Absi has blossomed into and we've hired amazing talent here to really take it to, to the next level. Mm -hmm. and, and where we're at right now is, is taking the, the technology that's been developed over the last 10, 10 years. And, and one of the really exciting parts is being able to generate billions of different data points on, on mm -hmm. protein functionality or drug functionality, as well as uh, manufacturability. And, and we're feeding in all of this data into, into our AI deep learning models and and essentially we're merging AI and biology together to, to ultimately be able to predict the absolute best drugs for patients given you know based on their target or indication and so mm -hmm. that's where we started and 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 where we're headed it's I would say it's very similar to how Tesla started mm -hmm. it 
you know, it's, they, they started out with an electric car. They started collecting all this data, built an AI team around it, and now they're going fully autonomous. And mm-hmm. it's a kind of a similar type of story to, to where, where Absi uh, is, is headed. And so mm-hmm. uh, it's really exciting where, where we're headed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seems like there's a lot going on. And uh, so the core offering that you guys have, uh, it's based off of your SolUPro um, e. coli strain. Is that, and is that what you kind of refer to as your integrated drug creation platform? Yeah. So our, our integrated drug creation you know, platform you know, consists of, of five core technologies. And it, it takes the, the SolUPro e. coli uh, strain that I had developed back in the day, and it pairs it with our our truly breakthrough assays that allow us in a single experiment to screen for the protein functionality and the manufacturability, so tighter quality and uh, and tighter, and essentially being able to do mm-hmm. drug discovery and cell line development in in one fell swoop. And that's really the, the integrated drug mm-hmm. creation uh, platform. And, and we started generating all this data from, from this platform. And we knew that we could apply deep learning to all of this, this data. And you know, when you compare like our screening throughput in the billions, it's, it's a huge advancement from where the industry is at today. If you look at these new next-gen biologics, they're maybe able to screen and you know, maybe thousands uh, to, to tens of thousands of, of drug candidates that mm-hmm. ultimately go, go into to patients. We can do it in the billions. But if you look at an antibody sequence, there are more sequence variants in an antibody than there are atoms in the universe. So when you compare atoms in the universe to, to billions, the billions kind of fails in comparison. And so that's what we're using the, the AI and the deep learning to do mm-hmm. is basically sift through all of these potential possibilities for drug candidates mm-hmm. and ultimately predict the, the best drug candidate for a given target. Right. Okay. So it's all kind of layered onto the, the SolupRo and you guys have made some acquisitions that have contributed to that. But I think to make it a little bit easier for those who might not be super well-versed in, in drug manufacturing, um, what is it that E. coli can do that say mammalian cell line doesn't that would make it more attractive? And I know there's, there's technical hurdles that you guys have overcome to express an antibody in a prokaryotic system, but um, what makes E. coli better than a mammalian system? Is it really just cost? So it's cost. So you can get cost of goods reductions of 50 to 75%. Wow. But it really comes down to the, the, the engineering of, of E. coli is, is a lot easier. Like the ability to mm-hmm. screen billions of of cells in a given experiment, you couldn't do that with mammalian mm-hmm. cells. You could only do that with prokaryotic. It's a very simple organism mm-hmm. to work with an engineer. Uh, so, you know, the, the the data that we get, we would not be able to get that if we were not in, in E. coli or okay. prokaryotic system. And then additionally, it's the cycle times. The, the cycle times compared to, you know, uh, E. coli versus mammalian, you, you, it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge difference with, with E. coli. You know, you have fermentation run times of one to two days versus, you know, mammalian cells, it could be 14 to 21 days. Mm-hmm. And so you can move much faster uh, with, with a prokaryotic system than you could with uh, a mammalian system. And I truly believe that if Genentech had our technology back in the day, we would have never shifted to mammalian cells. Hmm. We would, we'd still be with E. coli. Really? Yeah. It, it makes you wonder, right? Well, you guys have done such an interesting job to, to 
make it possible, which I don't think I think I don't think people would have expected. Um, and, and I'm kind of curious. I don't know if you can share anything about this, but any of the insights into how you made it possible, like what did you change? Can you tell us anything about what you changed with E. coli to make it possible to do this? Yeah, it was pretty simple. We looked at how what, what were the major differences between a prokaryotic cell and a mammalian cell? And we then mimicked what was in a mammalian cell and, and, and put that into to E. coli and basically mm. had the machinery in E. coli that could produce these complex you know, mm. therapeutic proteins. So being able to you know, really slow down transcription and, and translation, make sure that the right chaperones, these, mm. these proteins yeah. that are important for making other proteins were, were in, in, inside the cell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so we are essentially just mimicking a mammalian cell in, mm-hmm. in E. coli. Right. Okay. Yeah. It, it sounds, uh, when you explain it, it sounds easy, but I'm sure like when you, you were at the lab at, at year one or two of the company, it was probably a pretty daunting task. Yeah. I, I think everyone uh, initially thought I was crazy for even trying to, to see if it could work, uh, mm-hmm. but it ended up uh, you know working. And, and these are the, the, the types of problems and, and, and challenges that we, that we solve at Absot on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a, a mantra and our, and our core value is believe in the impossible. I tell our employees all the time, if you don't believe that we can accomplish it or that you can accomplish it, you're never going to. And so it first starts with that, that mindset of actually believing you can. Sure. Okay. So then layered on top of the SoluPro, you're talking about um, the assays that you have to really evaluate all these different cells and cell lines. And then AI plays a role as well. Um, and I think on one of the, the events that you guys did, I heard about how you're using AI not just to kind of be, well, not just for predictive of your molecules, but also using AI to take information from patient data to try and find targets that way. Is, is that true? That is true. So we recently uh, acquired a, a company called Toshent. And Toshent had a really exciting technology on being able to take patient samples and be able to then use that to find new uh, drug targets to to go after. You know, in the industry right now, we're we're going after you know fifteen to to twenty uh, you know targets, and and we need to find new targets to to build new drugs against if we're really going to to solve you know, the, the various diseases and, and cancers that are out there. And when, when utilizing their, their, their data, we can feed that into, into our deep learning models. And essentially what we want to do is take the patient uh, samples and then be able to predict the, the, the targets that we should be going after uh, uh, with, uh, with drug design. Mm-hmm. And then you can leverage the deep learning capabilities to help with that as well? Exactly. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. And I think, you know, it'll, as these pro- programs kind of develop more, we'll get a sense of, of kind of how it does play out, which I think investors are very excited to see. Uh, I wanted to shift gears though, and talk a little bit more about your active program. So I think your 10Q mentions that you've got nine active programs with seven partners. And if I look down the list, some pretty big names, Merck, Sanofi, uh, Stellis, Phase Bio. Um, amongst all these different ones, I mean, does anything stick out as being, uh, you know, really exciting for you that you want to talk about? Yeah, we currently uh, have two programs that, that are in the clinic, one that's in, in phase three and the other that's in, in phase one. And 
we're, we're really excited about, uh, you know, where, where these sit, especially with the, the one that's in, in phase three, you know, in the next couple of, of years, you know, we could have an improved product on that and, and, mm. you know, be receiving, uh, you know, royalties on, on that. And, and so from just a, you know, technology, you know, validation standpoint, as, as well as, uh, you know, mon- being able to monetize that, uh, it, it's a, it's a really exciting, uh, mm-hmm. opportunity. Yeah, so the phase three one in particular, um, I guess this this is kind of an interesting use case. So the partnership here, is it kind of like Absci is offering to produce the molecule that will be used in the phase three with a more streamlined, efficient manner, and then they can the company can choose to exercise a license and use your cell line or your capabilities to produce it as an approved product or for their phase three trial. Is that kind of how it goes? Exactly. Okay. And the really exciting... Uh, aspect of our technology is we're able to meet our partners where they're at. So the same platform that can be used to design a, a better cell line for for a company that's in clinical trials that needs to increase the, the overall you know tighter and quality mm-hmm. uh, to, to ultimately make it economically viable is the same technology that can be used to discover brand new drug assets along with the mm-hmm. uh, associated uh, cell line. So we can mm-hmm. really meet their, their needs where, where they're at, or if they need a new target to go after, we can help them right. discover that target and then have that fully integrated into end solution for them. And in this case, for the phase three, we were looking to increase the overall uh, titer mm-hmm. and, and quality in order to make it economically viable mm-hmm. for, for them uh once the drug was was approved Mm -hmm. and then you have to like maintain quality too so it's not just increase the amount but also maintain all the specs right which seems seems like a a large task but that's what you know that's why you guys are are where you are right yep fair enough so the the other thing i wanted to ask about in reference to the programs is i noticed that the estellas partnership is listed as discovery which i think uh, has a, investors very excited because the discovery part seems to be a bit of a newer offering for the company. Um, can you share any details about that, kind of like the pathway or the the indication that, that you guys are looking at? And maybe what are the deliverables from AppSite? Is it like you have to produce 20 targets for them or are they kind of involved in that whole process um, to select targets? Yeah, so when we initially rolled out our screening assay, these, these breakthrough assays. At, at first, we were using it for cell line development, being able to screen for the titer and, and the, the quality. And we ended up finding out that we could actually look at the affinity as, as well, so the drug mm. functionality. And that was like that, that big breakthrough moment where we're like, wow, we can simultaneously do drug discovery and cell line development at the exact same time and and ensuring that whatever we do discover mm-hmm. is actually manufacturable because one of the mm-hmm. dirty secrets in pharma is that yeah. they you can discover these really exciting new drug candidates but ultimately it can't progress the clinic because you can't manufacture it mm-hmm. and so we we rolled out this this technology uh earlier this year our, our drug discovery capabilities earlier this year and and Estellis was an existing partner of ours that we we're doing cell line development with and they, they saw the, the value that we brought there and, and we uh, were able to uh, ink our first drug discovery deal with, with them. And in, in this case, we were um, optimizing the molecule. So they already had the, 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 the candidate um, uh, discovered and, and the target they were going after. And we were essentially making 
that uh, you know drug candidates mm -hmm. um, have better properties, whether there is you know mm -hmm. the the manufacturability or affinity of of that, and uh, and and so we're really excited to to you know continue that that partnership with them and. Uh, unfortunately, I can't talk about uh, the the exact indication okay. that that is going um, you know after since it is uh, preclinical right now. Right. But uh, as as it uh, you know progresses uh, through the clinic, uh, definitely we'll we'll get to see um, you know what that indication is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. That's helpful for us to to get a handle on you know what what the market's looking at in terms of your discovery platform and what they what they see as the real value. So. Yeah, I kind of want to ask you about, uh, it might be a difficult one to answer, but I think I noticed in the 10Q, you mentioned that four of the active programs have clinical commercial terms agreed upon, but the licenses haven't been exercised yet. Can you give us a sense at all of what sort of revenue jump we would be looking at, even in just general terms on um, if a license was exercised? Yeah, so if a, if a license is, is exercised, you're going to receive... Uh, an upfront payment or an exercise fee, and then you're going to uh, receive milestone payments uh, throughout the clinical trial. So, you know, at at you know IND phase mm -hmm. one, phase two, phase three, and then you know ultimately sales milestones uh, upon approval, and then you'll you'll see royalties uh, associated uh, with that mm -hmm. as as well. And so we like to look at it on you know from an MPV um, you know basis. Mm -hmm. What what's the MPV per program? And that includes the, you know, the probability, you know, adjustment there. And so the great thing about this is that everything uh, for, you know, once the, the license is, is exercised, that's 100% pure margin. Even if the drug fails in phase two, the payments that we got there were, one, you know, 100%, you know, pure margin for us. And, uh, and, and I think that's really an exciting aspect of, of the business model that we have here is we get to share in our partners' uh, success. Yeah, and you do all the work up front, and then hopefully, if things move in the right direction, you can just collect afterwards. Um, but I think getting them to exercise in that license is a pretty critical part. And you know, one question I have for you also is, you know, if you deliver on what was set out in the terms and the technology agreement, you know, are you pretty confident that they would exercise a license if things work out? And and there's a number of different priorities from the, these pharma companies, right? But if you deliver and the results are good, are you confident they would just go ahead and exercise that license? Yeah, there there wouldn't be a reason why they wouldn't uh, you know exercise the the license. You know, there, there are times uh, when certain you know assets get uh, reprioritized, and so you know they could end up you know selling that asset or killing that asset. You know, you know, and it, and it wasn't in regards to to our technology. It was just they don't want to go after, you know, this particular target, you know, anymore. And so there's a lot of reprioritization that, that, that goes on, which we can't control. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're really focused on just growing the number of, 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 of partner programs uh, per, per year. And that's really our focus is, is, mm -hmm. you know, getting as many as, as we can, as rapidly as we can. And, and it's a, it's a law of, of large numbers. Mm -hmm. And uh, once you start building that that critical um, mass up, uh, that's that's where you really start to see the the value of our platform. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, biologics are such a huge uh, market now. It just seems like you guys have your pick to just go after all these companies. I mean, once the develop business development team is built out uh, sufficiently, but it seems like there's a ton of upside in in there. Um, okay, one other question I had for you. I think the 
number of cumulative programs you guys have done is like 30 or so. Uh, do you have a sense of why some of those programs, when they ended, they didn't renew or those didn't turn into license agreements? Yeah, so those were initial, uh, what I'll call, you know, proof of concept uh, um, programs where we weren't working on a, a clinical stage uh, program. It was just to see how the technology would perform in, in general. And, you know, we were successful on, on all of these, you know, um, programs and, you know, they've, they've led to, you know, more deals, um, you know, with those partners or, or have, you know, given us data to, to get new, new partnerships. And so, uh, you know, that really shows, again, that the breadth of the technology, we were successful on all of those. We've worked on almost every type of, of biologic under, under the sun uh, that, that you can imagine and have been successful with that and, and with every new program we work on, uh, we learn something something new. Our AI learns something new. We also are, are able to, to add new tools to the toolkit to, to be able to uh, you know, be successful on, on, the, on the next program. And so uh, we, we've been really excited about um, you know, the success that we've had on all these programs to date. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, very cool. All right, I wanted to shift gears briefly, and one slide that you have in your corporate presentation that is nice is that you show all the competitors in different spaces kind of adjacent to synthetic biology, um, but I wonder if you could talk a little bit about the differentiating factor that you guys have over a, another company that might want to think about getting in the space. Uh, could you speak to that? Yeah, it, it's all about the, the data and, and the breakthrough assays that, that we have. Yeah, okay. No one has the ability to screen in, in the billions looking at right. the, the protein functionality and manufacturability that, that we do. And that's what we're then feeding into our deep learning you know, models. And that's actually why we're able to recruit the best AI talent in the world is because we have that data and they see us being able to go fully in silico with mm. this data and they want to be a, a, a part of that. And, and so that's really what's a, a allowing us to, to have that that huge competitive advantage and, and, and allowing us to ultimately uh, achieve, you know, being fully in, in, in silico. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's like Google, no one's going to, you know, displace Google because they have the, the data and, and the pipeline of, of data coming in. And it's mm -hmm. very similar to, uh, uh, to what we have here at AppSide. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very cool. That's good to know. Yeah. Can you give us a sense of what the company is going to be focusing on? for like the rest of the year and then maybe something that we can look forward to in 2022? Yeah, so we are heads down uh, executing on increasing the, the number of, of programs. Uh, we were on track to uh, hit the, the five programs that we have um, mm -hmm. you know, projected throughout the rest of this year and, and a great pipeline building up for, for next year. And you know, we're continuing to, to feed in uh, data into our, our deep learning models to, to help us get more and more predictive on the, the new drug candidates we, we discover mm -hmm. in the associated cell lines. And, and we're going to see the model get more and more predictive over time. And, and we're going to be, uh, you know, sharing with in, investors, uh, you know, the, the progress that, that we're making, you know, each year on that and, and the number of programs that, that we're growing. But those are really our, our main focuses is um, feeding in as much data as we can to our deep learning models at the same time, in, you know, increasing the, the number of programs as rapidly as, as we can. Yeah, that, that seems to be the key to really uh, getting that long-term recurring revenue is just more programs, more chance of a license exercise, and then it, uh, it you know, becomes pretty easy. 
I, uh, I was kind of curious though, given that you have all these capabilities for drug discovery, do you ever think of Absi starting your own internal drug development programs or maybe a biosimilars franchise, anything like that? Yeah, that's a great question. And one of the strategies that we do have is to develop our some of our own assets up to, to IND. And in particular with the Toshent uh, technology, when mm-hmm. we are discovering some of these new targets, they have to be uh, validated and, and we see uh, us validating those those targets and developing new drug assets, uh, you know, towards those and taking them to, to IND and then out licensing them at, at that point in time mm-hmm. and, and have, you know, uh, much higher upfront milestones and, and royalties associated with that. But we mm-hmm. never plan on becoming a clinical uh, stage biotech company. That's a completely different skill set. We're, we're focused on bringing the, the, the technology uh, to, to our partners for, you know, discovery and biomanufacturing and, and letting them do what they do best, which is clinical trial design and, and the commercialization. So it's really that great partnership there. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Um, that's pretty much all the questions I had. Is there anything that we didn't cover that you think would be important for investors to know? I guess I'll, I'll just highlight again, you know, really the, the vision that we have is, mm-hmm. is becoming the Google index search of drug discovery and biomanufacturing where we can take a, a target sequence and be able to predict the, the absolute best drug candidate and the associated cell line to, to make that drug candidate literally all at a click of a button. And, and that's really the, the, the paradigm uh, you know, uh, change that that we see and, and really the, the holy grail and the ability mm-hmm. to ultimately change the, the world. And we're really excited about that and couldn't be more excited about, uh, you know, where, where we're at, especially coming off of the IPO. We now have the, the capital, the talent uh, to, to really see this vision through. So super excited about where the, you know, the future uh, is headed for us. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens too because there's definitely a huge value prop here that I think, um, I mean, for the all the entirety of biologics, you guys could really provide some value here. So I'm excited to see how it all plays out. Um, is there a you know the company's name is Absi? Sean, do you have a personal Twitter or anything you want to share? I do. I have a, a, a Twitter account at uh, Sean R. McLean. Okay. Awesome. Great. So everybody check them out. The company's name is Absi. Sean, appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you so much, Matt. All right. With that, we'll wrap it up. But thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.